Welcome to the Faith Dialogue Podcast with your host, Pastor Ken Baer. Are you ready to swim in the deep end of the Bible pool or climb to the top of Faith Mountain? If so, open the eyes that see, those ears that hear, and a heart that is receptive. Get your cup of coffee and your Bible as we begin. Welcome today to our Wednesday message. We're in a series called Pondering Prophecy. We've been dedicating these Wednesday messages to prophecy. And then on Sunday, we go back to our tried and true, our, our opportunities to go through the Acts of the Apostles. We're in, presently in a series called Unstoppable. You know, the question that we're going to address today is what does the Bible say about a coming one world government? And are we seeing signs of it today? The title of our message today is called The Coming New World Order. The Coming New World Order. You know, for years I've been fascinated with Bible prophecy. That's probably why I enjoy doing this series so much. Uh, we look at and, and we look at Bible prophecy in a couple different ways. We look at Bible prophecy as those prophecies that were fulfilled. And they were filled, fulfilled actually and exactly as they were foretold. And we also look at Bible prophecy of those events that are still to come. And my fascination was piqued when I read uh, the prophet Daniel and read about the prophet Daniel, who lived 600 years before Christ, during the time of the Babylonian um, Empire. God gave this young Hebrew um, named Daniel uh, the opportunity to be able to be in, uh, in with all of the princes of, of Babylon. And this young Hebrew prophet uh, was able to interpret the prophecy, actually a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. These prophecies detail factually the conquest of Babylon by Medo-Persia uh, and Cyrus the Great. That was back in 539 BC. And they're so accurate that skeptics today claim that they're written after the events actually happen. They, they can't be possibly prophecy because they're, they're so exact. This same prophecy, however, also details the rise of Alexander the Great, including after his death, his empire being distributed to his four generals. Scholars believe that Daniel also foresaw the, the Roman Empire, as well as the future revival of the Roman Empire in the latter days. So we'll take a look at these prophecies of Daniel today, as he has much to say about the end times and a coming ruthless military leader he describes as the little horn uh, that we know more commonly as the Antichrist. The prophecies of Daniel, along with the amazing book of Revelation, have kept Bible scholars and students alike fully engaged in the study of the end times, what is called eschatology. One of the intriguing ministry, uh, mysteries, one of the intriguing mysteries of the end times was how will the stage be set uh, for the nations and the rulers described in the prophecy? One of these mysteries was made clear when the nation of Israel was born in a day on May 14, 1948, in a day exactly as Isaiah had prophesied. The Bible describes that the coming Antichrist will be given authority over every tribe and people and language and nation. The prophecies in the Bible describe that everyone will have a mark, 
the, a mark of the beast that will be required in order to buy or sell anything. That's out of Revelation chapter 13, verse 17. It says, no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark that is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, if you take a look at this and, and you really read for what it says, not what other people have said about it, it really doesn't speak as much of a one world government or one world currency as it speaks of a, a coordinated global command over everyday life, over business and commerce, over currency, communications, the media, and even, even gatherings. You know, I've, all, I've often wondered how long it would take for the world to embrace this type of tyranny, whether it was a world leader or the new world order. How would all the governments of the world buy into such a, a devilish plan? And what would it take and how, how long would it take as well? Well, now we know, don't we? I mean, you and I, we all know. It took less than 45 days for the governments of the world to collectively force a, a lockdown on all of our businesses, our schools, our churches, our shopping malls, our restaurants, my local bank, the parks. Uh, the weapon that they used was, was fear. COVID-19 was actually known as an unknown virus, a, a, a novel virus. And it was this fear of the unknown that gave the globalists the opportunity to replace the unknown with fear. What was even more surprising to me is how willing the people were to acquiesce, to agree and, and comply with the wishes of the people that were forcing this lockdown. The draconian measures imposed by, by people that typically were never elected for this capacity. Uh, or legitimately given the power that they so quickly grasped. So the question is, what's coming? Well, what we have seen are be the beginnings of the days that are foretold in the Bible. I, I firmly believe that uh, an evil conspiracy has become apparent, glowing, growing from the globalists. The globalists are a group of like-minded elite, privileged, influential leaders from the government, from business, from education, the media, technology, and even philanthropy. That's right, nonprofits. They even call themselves, get this, global shapers. These globalists, these so-called global shapers are, are, are Marxists. They believe in radical change along with what's called a, a global reset. They have an agenda. And that agenda is contrary to the religious and economic liberties that have benefited us and benefited our citizens for, for hundreds of years and have actually benefited and been proven beneficial since actually the time of Christ. These globalists, like all true Marxists, embrace violence as a means to the end. And we've seen how the risk of violence truly grows. We saw just recently how Quick, how quickly mobs descended on cities like Minneapolis, St. Paul, Seattle, Portland, Los Angeles, Chicago, Atlanta, and elsewhere. While the vast majority of Americans, people like you and me, saw these protesters for who they really were. They were, they were violent criminals. They were from groups like BLM and Antifa. The mainstream media, uh, the government officials and other groups actually promoted their actions. 
uh, these leftist groups called these, these violent protesters agents of, of change. And it isn't just here in the United States. Around the globe, government leaders are, are all too willing to deploy their newly found fearsome powers to control their population. While many of these devices that they use to control their citizens, including control over the media and everyday life, these, these measures that they have were actually scripted. Scripted, put on information sent to them by, group, by groups like the World Economic Forum. Under the guise of, of fighting a health pandemic, these globalists have found new ways, typically through fear, to imprison the world to wreck financial markets, to destroy countless jobs, to shutter our churches and massively disrupt life as, as we know it. So let's open our Bibles today and briefly look into some of the corresponding chapters in the book of Daniel from the Old Testament as well as the book of Revelation, the last book in the New Testament. So to begin with, let's talk uh, with, with certainty and what we, what we see absolutely happening. Um, the fulfillment of, of prophecies and, and we see with great clarity that it was that Israel was restored as many prophets had spoken Israel was restored in the last days I mentioned May 14 1948 the nation of Israel was born in a day just like the prophet Isaiah had prophesied we also know that at some point during the coming tribulation this seven-year period Likely in the second half or the second three and a half years, the Antichrist will be given global influence. Referring to him as the beast, Revelation chapter 13 verses 3 and 4 states this. The whole earth marveled as they followed the beast, and they worshipped the dragon, for he who had given his authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, who is like the beast and who can fight against it? The Antichrist will clearly have global influence and power. At some point during the tribulation, the Antichrist will not be satisfied with just secular power and influence. He'll declare that he is actually divine, a god. He'll likely declare that he is the Messiah that both the Jews and the Muslims have been waiting for. And the Antichrist will demand to be, to be worshiped. All the inhabitants of the earth will be required to, to take a mark a tattoo of some kind or a global ID in order to buy or sell anything. Uh, Revelation chapter 13 verse 17 says it like this, it says no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark that is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now some will definitely refuse the mark including those who have been converted and believe in Jesus as the Messiah and the coming King. Those that refuse to take this global ID and identify themselves as followers of the beast will suffer dire consequences. Not only won't they be able to buy or sell anything, but the Bible says that many, if not all, will be killed. Persecution against the Jews as well as all of the people that believe in Jesus will be widespread. Every indication is that this system of control will be global. However, that does not mean necessarily there'll be a one-world government, but it does fit into the scenario of a globalist and the New World Order. One of the things that I should mention 
is all of this happens while the church, those that believe in Jesus and his appearing, are raptured and taken to heaven. That actually happens first before the tribulation. Uh, but that's a teaching for another day. So let's continue. We'll go back to the coming new world order. These globalists we've mentioned, the ones playing war games with global crisis management, the ones that encourage and even sponsor violent demonstrations, riots, are the ones that encourage that the main street media, as well as the social media, report only those stories that, that fit their agenda. These globalists are fully embracing the present COVID-19 pandemic, knowing that this is a, a crisis that shouldn't go to waste. It provides an opportunity to advance their worldwide agenda. You know, most Americans don't realize at all how widespread the, Soviet, the socialist agenda has infiltrated our institutions, our governments, the United Nations, our educational institutions, the media, technology, religious organizations, and philanthropy. What sounds like just another conspiracy theory is actually conspiracy fact. For example, since January 2017, the Secretary General of the United States is Antonio Guterres, a pleasant enough fellow uh, that is well-schooled in international diplomacy. Guterres is a member of the Portuguese Socialist Party and previously served as, as Prime Minister of, of Portugal. He's also served as the President of the Socialist International from 1999 to 2005. The Socialist International, or just SI, is, is a worldwide organization. It's kind of an umbrella party of socialists um, from all, all nations of the earth, um, which seek to establish democratic socialism in the world. It's the umbrella organization for Marxists, for all socialists. Socialist International is, is headquartered in, in Greece and includes 147 member parties. That's not just 147 people, that's 147 separate Marxist organizations that belong to it. They come from over 100 countries. These are all Marxist-leaning organizations from labor parties to uh, various communist parties in their respective countries. As it includes all of the European countries through their respective socialist parties, front or coalition, many prophecy prognosticators have predicted that the revived Roman Empire will come out of this socialist international and that perhaps the Antichrist is already a, a ranking member. In, in Revelation chapter 13 verse 1, the Apostle John on the island of Patmos has a vision of a beast rising from the sea. John writes, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now, while this vision of the beast with all its heads and horns may be uh, somewhat difficult to understand, this, this language that John is using is apocalyptic, and it follows the same type of symbolism that we've seen elsewhere in the Bible. John's vision, for example, in the previous chapter was of heaven, but now he stands on the sands of the sea. In the Bible, the sea is always a figure of evil and chaos, something that resists God. It also 
sometimes symbolizes the Gentiles. In chapter 12 of Revelation, John also saw an enormous red dragon, and it had seven heads and ten hordes and seven crowns on its head. Scholars are nearly unanimous that this vision of the red dragon in chapter 12 is a vision of the devil, Satan. So we can easily deduce that this beast that comes out of the sea, the Gentile nations in chapter 13, is closely related to, again, the devil or Satan. I'll, I'll talk in a minute about a little bit more about these seven heads and ten horns. The Bible actually does a, a very good job of interpreting itself. But before we look at this beast, I want to backtrack a little bit and I want to go back to the globalists and their agenda. As I said, COVID-19 has presented a huge opportunity for the globalists to advance their agenda. This is not to say that the virus is not deadly, it's not contagious, or it's not to be taken seriously. However, there could be a debate as to whether the cure for COVID-19 is actually worse than the disease. While there could be a cure, it isn't happening. And the reason it's not happening because it's not even allowed. Our so-called journalists in print and on TV, on radio, and our so-called our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube are routinely censoring any critical information pertaining to the virus. Personal protection equipment, which are PPEs, or therapeutics that are contrary to, to their agenda. Now, their agenda constantly changes, so it's difficult to figure out what's going to get censored and what's not. But again, uh, this agenda, the way that they're doing it, and the censorship in particular, was clearly articulated and disseminated at an event, what was called Event 201, that was held in New York City in October of 2019. Now, this event, uh, Event 201, was hosted by the John Hopkins Center for Health Security, along with the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The agenda was focused on global cooperation in response to a hypothetical global pandemic. And see what they did was this, is, these were, this was a war game. It was a war scenario, a scenario that demonstrated how news organizations and social media could ses successfully comment what they call misinformation and included, as I mentioned, censoring stories that contradict what is predetermined and also amplify credible information to support emergency public communications. One of the U.S. attendees from the CDC was Stephen Redd, and he stated, and I quote, governments must be willing to do things that are outside of their historical perspective. He called it similar to governments responding on a, a war footing. And, and no doubt, all of the delegates understood exactly what is meant by a war footing. You see, during times of war, individual rights are suspended for the greater good of centralized command and control. And the reason is, is because there's an enemy that has to be defeated. But I've got bad news for you. The enemy that is to defeat, be defeated is freedom and liberty. It, it's the freedom and liberty we have in our republic and other democratic societies, things that we're accustomed to. So let's get back to this intriguing mention of the seven heads and the 10 crowns on the head of these beasts. 
These creatures in Revelation are a central part of the coming seven years of tribulation. Now, fortunately for us, one of the, this is one of the instances where in the book of Revelation, the book itself, the book of Revelation, actually provides the explanation of its own symbols. This is similar to Jesus uh, interpreting his, his own parables. Revelation also points us to some passages of the Old Testament prophets that help to complete a picture of exactly what these seven heads and ten crowns or ten horns represent. The seven heads and ten crowns are mentioned four times in the book of Revelation. Once in chapter 12, then twice in chapter 13, and then chapter 17 has an explanation of these symbols. So let's read chapter 17. If it tells us what they are, let's, let's read what it has to say, beginning in verse 9. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. They are seven kings, five of whom have fallen, one is, the other has not yet come, and when he does come, he must remain only a little while. As for the beast that was and it is not, it is an eighth, but it belongs to the seven and it goes to destruction. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have yet, not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour, together with the beast. These are of one mind, and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those with him are called chosen and faithful. Now, this chapter, along with the explanation, is, is a great summary of some of these key components of the end times. Whether individuals or governments, these are our leaders, these are kings as described in the Bible, that are in league with the, the Antichrist. Okay, so let's get specific. These seven heads represent seven kings. That's what the Bible says. The five kings which had fallen by John's day, assuming Rome is the one that is at the time that John is actually seeing this vision and recording it for our benefit. These five kingdoms that have are likely the ones that had the greatest impact on, on Israel. These would be Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece. The prophet Daniel, for example, identified the same nations, Babylon, Media, Persia, Greece, and Rome as the one that, that is. What follows then at the time of the tribulation is the one that is to come, this, this one we call the Antichrist. Now, for the identity of the Antichrist, we, we look at the ten horns that are spoken of by the prophet Daniel. That's in Daniel chapter 2. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 31, Daniel tells King Nebuchadnezzar that he saw a, a large st statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. Now, Daniel goes on to describe this large statue, and we see that it corresponds with surprising accuracy to four, four world empires. Babylon, followed by Medo-Persia, followed by Greece, and then Rome. Now, a careful inspection of what Daniel tells us about the ten toes, uh, we understand that they represent also the ten kings of Revelation. Now, see, toes are an appendage. It's a latter part of this fierce final kingdom that has been established to be Rome. 
primarily because the two legs that are described fit so well in the eastern and western part of the, of the Roman Empire. And ultimately, what appears are the, the ten toes. Daniel continues in chapter 2, verse 42. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to other, another people. It'll crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it, itself, it will itself endure forever. Now, the ten kings come out of what's called the restored Roman Empire. You know, the Roman Empire was vast and included almost all of what we know as Europe, and uh, the northern part of Africa, Egypt, the Middle East, into Asia. H however, many scholars point to the fact that there's never been a ten-king confederation, either with respect to Israel or with respect to the Roman Empire. So this ten-king confederation in the end times will be a new alliance, a league of ten world leaders. These kings are likely coming from an area that was once a part of the Roman Empire footprint. However, that doesn't have to be the case. They could include any of the present-day nations or groupings of nations, including those in Africa, Asia, and the Americas. The idea is that they are like the Roman Empire. They come out of the Roman Empire. Whatever their geography, we know that they are a, a global confederation. They appear to be sovereign over their own territory. It speaks of unity, for example, and, and if there's different kings, they, they need to have unity. Sometimes the unity survives, sometimes it doesn't. But they band together, not only based on some agenda that they have, some Marxist agenda, no doubt, but also to give power to the Antichrist. They support his mission, this end-time destructive alliance with Satan himself. Now, to get an idea of their mission, this end-time agenda that will be embraced by the Antichrist, let's go back to our initial comments. The initial comments about Secretary General of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres. This, this influential and immoral United Nations has been identified uh, by many as a likely suspect of a future New World Order. And a recent speech by Antonio Guterres, the Secretary General of the United Nations, throws more fuel on that fire of suspicion. On July 18th of this year, Guterres addressed the COVID-19 pandemic and used the opportunity to demonstrate the worldwide, what he called, inequities. He says, and I quote, the world is in turmoil. Economies are in freefall. We've been brought to our knees by a microscopic virus. The pandemic has demonstrated the fragility, the fragility of our world. COVID-19 is shining a spotlight on this injustice. It has laid bare the risks that we've ignored for decades, inadequate health systems, gaps in social protection, structural inequalities, environmental degradation, the climate crisis. It is exposing fallacies and falsehoods 
everywhere. The lie that, get this, that free markets can deliver health care for all. The delusion that we live in a post-racist world. An opportunity to build back a more equal and sustainable world. You know, I find it interesting that Guterres used the phrase, build back. Now, that's a catchphrase right out of the Biden campaign. Guterres also, just this week, applauded Pope Francis. Apparently, Pope Francis broke with long-held church orthodoxy, and he championed homosexual couples and their right to unions. The UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, has been stating that the UN's primary objectives include LGBTQ rights and global warming. Those two things, of all of the things in the world, of all of the things that the United Nations could get involved in, they're focusing on LGBTQ rights and global warming. The UN recommends, the UN recommends for, for example, with global warming, rapid, far-reaching, and unprecedented changes in all aspects of society. In essence, they're recommending a new world order. Let's close for today's, let's close up today's discussion on an upbeat, uh, an uptick as we used to call in the world of finance. This Antichrist, this man in league with Satan, himself along with the Ten Nation Confederation, will lead the new world order for a very short time. The book of Revelation describes it as an hour. They receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. And now, let me tell you how it all ends. Daniel chapter 2 verse 44 says, In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it itself will endure forever. Now this corresponds identically with what Revelation chapter 17 says. They will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those with him are called chosen and faithful. See, the Bible is, is clear. It's crystal clear. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, is the, is the Lamb of God. He is the one that is victorious. And we that are with him are called chosen and faithful. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to just You've been listening to Faith Dialogue with Pastor Ken Baer, recorded live at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of Faith Dialogue. You can listen to or watch all of the recordings at Faith Dialogue by going to www.faithdialogue.org.